Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. This is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one, the only Miss Kelly Rutherford. I love you. I love you. Listen, if you're starting by loving me, then it could only go down <laughs> from there, Kelly. So I don't know. <laughs> no, that's not true. That's true. It's not- I start by loving everyone too. So I get it. Everyone in life starts with a 10 out of 10, and then you just could work your way down. But that means I'm a happy person, right? Yes, we just have to love each other more. It's a good way to start everything. I think so. Now, where I told you I was in New York before we started, where are you? You're not in the city right now, are you? No, I'm in LA at the moment. I'm in LA, um, which has been great. I've been here for a little while during this whole time, you know, of whatever's going on. So, yeah. I was like, that doesn't look like your New York apartment that I've seen on Instagram. So, no. Well, you know, when I look back at your career, you know, a lot of the early days to me, I was a soap person growing up. So what stands out to me is generations. When you look back at like your early career and the soaps, like, does that seem like, okay, that's like yesterday the time has gone fast or are you like, who was that girl? And I, that's all a blur to me. And so it's funny because when people repost pictures from that time or video clips, I mean, I see that girl, but it's so yeah, it's like, who is that person? It's a different person for sure. It's almost like you can look at her and love her separately from who I am today, you know, like where she was. It's it's really cool to be able to do it. It's actually a gift sort of to, to do that. Do you see like those early days on Generations? Like did that, you know, like I think soap work is some of the most challenging work in a way in the sense that like is that how you felt about it? Like, do you feel soaps get a bad rap? I mean, I just talked to Anne Hayes recently and she said she would go back to doing a soap like t- t- tonight if someone asked her. For me, it was such incredible training. It was such boot camp and to work with a group of people, work with a new director every day. I mean, you know, I came straight out of just studying acting. So there was so much that, you know, just to hit your mark, find your light memorize an entire script and and do it every day versus, you know, a TV series, you've got a script every eight days. So it really is such a great training ground, I think for actors. And, you know, if you can do that, you can do anything. That's kind of, and have it look good. Yeah. Did you always want to be an actress growing up or were you like on some other path at some point where, you know, I think I had so many interests that I had to become an actor. Like I had so many things I wanted to do that I thought the only way I'm going to be able to do this is to play all these parts and to do all, be all these people. You know, I grew up and I loved to watch people. My mother would always say, stop staring. And I would just be 
in like, why did they pick that shirt? Why did they get that hairstyle? Why did they choose that husband or what? I was always just fascinated by why we do what we do and, and the choices that we all make, you know? That makes a lot of sense. I mean, did you realize when you were on Generations, daytime TV, soap opera, that it was really preparing you for a few years later for entry into the nighttime soap world of Miss Melrose Place? Well, I hoped it would, you know, I was, I was obviously, you know, I've always just loved working. So for me, it was, you know, going from that show to, to um, other shows was just a lot of fun. I mean, Briscoe County Jr., which was like a Western was fun. And then Homefront, which was, you know, set in the 1940s. And I got to play a bartender and this, you know, it was just all these roles to me were just so much fun, regardless of wherever they were, you know. And um, yeah, so this is fun. How did Melrose Place come to you? I mean, you went season five. How, how did that come about? Well, I had done a show for Aaron Spelling called Kindred the Embraced about vampires. And so after I did that show, he offered me a role on, on Melrose Place. I am so good with pop culture. This isn't like tooting my own horn. And I know all these little shows I don't know this show. Was that on for a while? Was it on for a minute? Like I've never heard of it. I think, I know. I think we went like, I don't know how many episodes or if it was a full season. I, it's again, it was a while ago. So, um, wow. yeah, it was, it was good though. I'm going to have to go. Listen, you were before your time, Vampire Diaries. I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, I'm going to have to go find this show now, Kelly. All right. It was good. It was fun. Did you, when you were offered the role on Melrose Place by Aaron, like, did you know, because it was season five, like, did you know, you know, this was a thing, like Melrose was a big thing, whether you were a fan or not, it was a huge show. Oh, it was huge. And I was already friends with Marsha Cross. So it was so exciting to then go on the show and actually work with her. And um, yeah, no, the show was already so established by the time I came on. So it was fun. You came on as, you know, Megan Lewis, the hooker with a heart of gold, for lack of a better way to describe her. You were, you know, hired by Marsha Cross, Kimberly, to sleep with Michael because she couldn't sleep with him because she was sick. So, like, you read this setup, like, what was your initial reaction to this character of Megan Lewis? Well, originally there was a role of a lawyer. So originally they reached out to me about a role of a lawyer. And I said, I don't know. I mean, like, I, it just didn't seem like it would be a fun role on Melrose Place to play a lawyer. Like it would have, we could have made it fun. I'm sure it would have been well-written and everything. But so there was another role that was coming up and they said it was this to work with Marsha to play this woman that she introduced, you know, her husband to. And I said, oh, that sounds like so much more fun. And it was with Marsha. So I just, I said, I'd prefer to do that one. So that's kind of how it all came about. Could you tell right away, you know, like talk about, you know, Melrose has had some, we blew up an apartment building. I mean, we had a lot of things going on on Melrose. Like, could you tell right away that Megan was going to be a character that just was meaty and like, you know, was it like love at first sight kind of thing? Oh, I have no idea. You never know, do you? I mean, we can say we think we know, but I, you know, you never know what it's going to be like. And I think the characters evolve and, you know, you never know what the writers are going to write and how then you're going to sort of figure out how to portray that. So it's, it's a real alchemy that happens, I think. And, and uh, yeah, you never quite know. (laughs) You never quite know. What was, I mean, so listen, she was tied to Michael. She was tied to Dr. Brett Cooper, ended up with Ryan McBride. Did you have a favorite love interest, you know, playing? Like, did you prefer one of these three gentlemen? Yeah, I like Thomas. I think Thomas was so much fun. He just was, he, just his sense of comedy. Like he and I really like turned every scene into a, you know, to us, we were doing a comedy everyone else it might have been something else but I loved his comic timing and our relationship was so much fun because he was just you know it was like this sort of we were in our own reality of belief and that's what was so fun I think that's what when actors connect in that way it's it's great and it was so believable I thought like Megan and Michael and just the Michael yeah it was like it was really believable yeah was there, yeah. did you have a favorite storyline, you know, like 
first you became on as a prostitute, then you worked upstairs at Shooters, you worked at Burns Mancini, you worked at with Lexi Sterling, Amanda Woodward. Megan had quite the career there. Did you have a favorite like storyline of Megan's? Kind of, I mean, I loved all of them. It's again, it's like right now, if I think back and you had me try to come up with all of them, I, there's just, I mean, this was a few days ago, <laughs> just a little while ago. Um, but I love the thing where you kind of found out who she really was. Like her mother came on and, and like you found out that she actually came from kind of a nice family and she was just doing this because it was kind of fun for her, which was a nice twist. Um, I thought so, but again, I loved all the scenes with everyone. I was just such a, you know, it was kind of like gossip girl in the sense that it was such a joy to go to work every day and, and to work with everyone was so cool and so fun to work with. And as people, people that I absolutely adored and, and, and loved to work with. So it was just one of those experiences, you know, where you kind of like liked all of it here. Loved it. What was it like to work with Marsha Cross? She's so funny. We used to laugh because, you know, I remember after that, I got cast to play like the secretary of state or something with, with Benjamin Bratt and um, Dennis Hopper and the E-ring. And she just laughs. She was Kelly, you get cast to do these things. I mean, do they know who you really are? You know, I'd be off at Hermes buying a Kelly bag, like, before, when I wasn't working, I'd be like traveling to Europe. I was just so not, you know, and so she would just laugh. Oh, you playing the secretary of defense has got to be just because she knew me, you know, it was just like, we'd have this, we had this relationship and with her too, where she comes off so serious and sort of this certain way when really like, she's just this soft, like loving, like most kind human being. And she always gets just, we're, we would always laugh about how we're cast and how funny it is to see each other play these roles when you really know who each other are, you know, in real life, it was fun. And you guys were on, I don't think you had any scenes, but you were on Quantico together, right? We did, but we, yeah, two different, we played. Yeah. We, we didn't get a chance to work at the same time. I don't think. That's what I thought. What about, was there any, was there ever like a storyline of Megan's where you're like, this just jumps the shark. And like, I mean, if you can remember, cause I know it was a long time ago where you're just like, this is, I know it's Melrose Place guys, but this is just so out of character for Megan, you know, for Megan. All of, all of it is like, literally you'd read the script. I mean, every script and you'd think you've got to, how am I going to, how am I going to do this? Like, how am I going to make this work? And, but that was the fun of it. You know, that's also a training in a way because and we're doing Gossip Girl and sometimes like the young actors would come in and they'd say, God, how do I say this? And this, I would never say this. I said, oh, yes, you would. If somebody followed you around with a tape recorder all day, you'd be surprised at the things that you say, you know, you would really be surprised. Was that challenging as an actress? Like, you know, especially with Melrose, because so much of it just pushed the limit that you're just like, you have to play it with a straight face because it's true to the character. That yeah. must have been a good challenge, right? Oh, it's the most fun. It's the most fun. Absolutely. What about how was it? You've had scenes with Alyssa Milano. What was that like? Oh, she's so, so adorable. She was so beautiful. She still is, but she was just like this beautiful, smart, whip smart, you know, what came on. She would always talk about like health and nutrition. And she was just like a really cool girl. We didn't have a ton of work together, but I always thought she was just really cool. No, I think you had like a lot with like Thomas. You had a lot with like Jamie Lunar. What about yes. Aaron Spelling's like Lucky Penny? I mean, I have to ask about, you know, Heather Locklear. Oh, just... Heather. I mean, she was like the most beautiful woman ever created. I mean, if you just physically, I think she's just the nicest, nicest person. Um. She was just, and funny, like really, really funny too. Like um, she and Jack Wagner were hysterical. I mean, very funny and Jack's sense of humor. Oh my God. So um, yeah, she was, you know, she was everyone's like, icon. you know, when I came on, I was like, oh my God, Heather Locklear. She's like amazing wow. and beautiful. And yeah. Do you have like one or two, or like one overarching memory of just like, this was a hilarious story from the set or, you know. I don't know. Like I remember Heather, when we do our read through, she'd always come in and have like a huge hamburger and French fries. And we'd all be like, how can she eat like that and look like that? Like that was always like what, what you, when you were talking about Heather came to mind, but 
I don't know. I just remember like being in the trailer in the morning and Harbin was really a family. I mean, my, my takeaway was what a beautiful experience. Aaron Spelling was such a dream to work with. You know, he, he remembered everyone's name, so many details about your life. You'd see him at an event and he'd come up and ask you things. You think, how does he even remember that? Or, you know, he's got so many people that work for him and so many shows and uh, he was very unique and you see why he was so, so successful and a very, very nice man. And he just remembered like little things about you and your, yeah. I mean, I would think the same thing. Like how, I mean, I don't remember what I did last week practically. Yeah, exactly. And he was so kind that way and just, yeah, brilliant man. Have you ever, like, what are your guilty pleasures? You know, like for me, one of them was Melrose. Did you get into like any of your co-stars projects, you know, such as like Desperate Housewives, like Charmed with Alyssa, like anything like do, what are your guilty like TV pleasures? Gosh, I mean, I don't watch a, a lot of TV. My TV's not even plugged in. I don't even, um, I mean, occasionally I'll like watch a movie on a plane, but I really don't watch a lot. I did. I watched like Downton Abbey. I've watched The Crown here and there. I, I love action movies and that kind of thing. Uh, but I did watch Desperate Housewives when Marsha was on. Um, trying to think of what else other shows desperate housewives was a great one so good so good i'll admit it as important as it is for me to eat healthy and put the right nutrients into my body and hydrate i'm really not great at it i'm always on the go i'm never making that a priority and i'm always hungry this was a real problem until i discovered 310 nutrition i love 310 nutrition's water hydrators you just add them to water and they make your water taste so much better they also have refreshing lemonade mixes my personal favorite they're all in one shakes i love their caramel sundae their vanilla cake the shamrock cream i drink one of these shakes and it totally satisfies my hunger they're low in fat and low carbs, which I love. They also satisfy my carb craving. But don't take my word for it. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code VELVETROPE and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 off your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and it's easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code VELVETROPE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code VELVETROPE. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. You guys know that I love doing this podcast five days a week with all these great guests, but sorry, it hasn't been great for my waistline. I've tried so many diets, and honestly, let me just be real, I've been effing miserable. Counting calories and logging food every single day, it's too much for me. I rebel, and I go off every diet really quickly. Until I found Reset. Listen, Reset is the first digital weight loss program that doesn't require daily restriction. Now, you're not even going to believe what I'm going to tell you. It requires two strict reset days a week. Two. The other five, you can do whatever you want. You have freedom to eat without rules or restrictions. Give me a break. You guys can do anything for two days a week. Reset has a 30-second quiz that will estimate how much weight you can lose in their 12-week program. Go to reset.com slash velvet, take the quiz, and start losing weight for good. Really, two days a week, and that's it. That's reset.com slash velvet. You guys know I take my skincare very seriously, and that's why... I use L'Occitane. Listen, I love their Overnight Reset Face Serum and their Overnight Reset Eye Serum. It's exactly how it sounds. Listen, I go to bed, I wake up, and the face serum reduces fine lines. It leaves my skin radiant, makes it look like I had a good night's sleep even when I haven't. The Overnight Reset Eye Serum, it actually depuffs the dark circles under my eyes, reduces the dark circles and fine lines. Now, I also got to tell you about the Shia Butter Hand Cream. Oh my God, it melts into my skin and leaves my hands and skin. 
skin so velvety soft. This is my go-to brand for skincare, L'Occitane. Don't take my word for it. I'm inviting you to explore all the self-care goodness L'Occitane has to offer. Choose one or more of their products, review it for me, and let me know which are your faves. Honestly, slip into my DMs. Go to L'Occitane.com. That's L-O-C-C-I-T-A-N-E. L'Occitane.com. You guys know that staying youthful is very important to me, and that's why NAD Plus supplementation is an important part of my health routine. Basis by Elysium Health is the most trusted source of NAD supplementation. Their product basis is clinically proven to increase levels of NAD by 40%. As I age, which I'm not happy about, this is so important to me. Did you know that NAD is found in every single cell of your body and it's responsible for creating energy and regulating hundreds of cell functions, but the body doesn't have an endless supply and the levels decline as you age. Now that I take basis, I have to tell you guys, I've experienced less fatigue and more satisfying workouts. I mean, it doesn't hurt that, you know, Elysium Health has dozens of the world's best scientists working with them and eight are Nobel Prize winners. And here's a special offer for my listeners, go to trybasis.com slash velvet and enter code velvet at checkout to save 10% off basis prepaid plans, as well as other Elysium health supplements. What was it like on Melrose to work with Lisa Renna? Oh my God. I love Lisa. There's no one like Lisa Renna. She's like such a unique, funny, beautiful, creative person. I love her so much. And, um, I always admired her energy and how she was always so up and positive and just rolled with things. You know, she just didn't take it personally. She just rolled with it and was always very um, smart business-wise and savvy, doing really interesting things and, and really building out her career in a creative way for herself, I thought, you know, and her decisions, whether it was, she was like, she opened a clothing store way before anybody kind of celebrity-wise was doing that. And then she posed for Playboy pregnant when like nobody was thinking of doing that. And she's just, she's an innovator in a way, you know, in her own way. And, um, and a great person. I love her. She's just very inspiring. She's an innovator and a hustler and like like a good way. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, have you ever watched the real housewives of Beverly Hills? I haven't, I haven't watched any of that. You know, I, I was, been working, had two kids been traveling. I mean, I've just, you know, my bandwidth is like, if I sit on a plane, I watch something, but. Well, let me tell you playing Lisa Rinna on the real housewives. Uh, I like Taylor McBride has nothing on Lisa Rinna, <laughs> the actual character actress on real. I mean, this is the role that she was meant for her entire life. Like for sure. Well, you know, you're in LA now, but I know you spend a lot of time in New York between the two cities, would you ever consider Real Housewives if someone picked up the phone? And have you ever been approached? I don't, I don't know if I've been approached. I may have at some point. I don't know. I don't, um, but I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm kind of doing these other things. I just started a, a global shopping platform, co-founded that in an app um, where it's, it's a social media app where you're sharing sort of knowledge and experience and, and um, like really information. So I've been kind of doing kind of these other things, but I don't know. Maybe why not? I have a lot of housewives on this show here. And so not knowing you, people do come to me at times and say, like, could you suggest anyone for housewives? At one point for New York, they were saying, can you suggest, I have to come out of the closet and tell you this now. They were saying like, can you just suggest without knowing these people, actresses that live in New York that are probably like the right demographic. And I have thrown your name in there, Kelly, more (laughs) than once. So if you ever did get a call and you don't want to do it, I apologize because I've put your name out. You get 10%, okay? (laughs) You know, I mean, you're going to have to drink and you're going to have to fight on camera though. So I don't know. I know, I know, I know. It's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, I, it's so fun to watch though. I know. I just thought, you know, what is your app about this, this shopping app? Well, the, the website is Shop Sovereign Collective, and it's a global shopping platform. It's sort of like an elevated Etsy curated where everyone has their own storefront in the different cities. So you can shop different cities. So you can shop Paris and do art and 
wine and cheese and fashion, men's, women's, kids. And then we're doing a magazine that you can shop with it. And um, so it's, it's fun. Like it's a, and it's really a lot of sort of emerging brands. So it may not be brands that you already know. We're doing vintage, um, just a little different, you know, a little more fun. I love that. Someone asked me this on an interview when I was on another podcast recently, and I thought it was the best question. I mean, I think I might know your answer, but if you could only wear one brand that we know of, because I do think of you as a fashion girl or woman, I should say, what brand would that be for you? Oh, gosh. You know, it's really hard for me to say because I get up in the morning and I put put jeans and t-shirts on. So, I mean, Hermes would obviously be, I mean, if I were just to think, okay, because accessories wise, I would say Hermes and it's for many, many reasons, but because, I mean, I was wearing when I was in my twenties kind of before everyone, I mean, I remember going to Melrose and bringing in my first Kelly bag that I had bought with my money I made on Melrose. And everyone was like, looking at me, like everyone was into Fendi and Balenciaga, everyone's into such other things. And it was kind of like a little granny bag at the time. I mean, but of course I grew up with like, oh, Catherine Deneuve has this bag and Grace Kelly has this bag and I have to have it because it was just iconic. So I was kind of doing it a while ago. And now it's become such a thing that it's almost like when you wear it, it's taken a little bit of the fun away. You know what I mean? Because like, you know, everyone has 500 of them now, not everyone, but you know, you see it like, everyone wants a million of them. But I think in terms of investment, it's probably one of the best investments you could make in terms of a brand. You know, let's put it that way. It's smart money spent. Um, I would agree with that. And I don't know if this is just from following you on Instagram, but I associate you with Hermes. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, I, I wonder it. if that was in part because of Gossip Girl and Lily Vanderwoodson. Probably. I mean, how did that come to you? How did Gossip, so I mean, Melrose ends and you know, now you're doing other things. How did Gossip Girl come your way? Um, I had read for the OC and um, I didn't go to, to test for it. There were three of us that were going to test for it. And I ended up getting... Uh, testing for something else called threat matrix and getting it. So I didn't even make it to the test for the OC. So I had met with them. They did the OC. And then when they created gossip girl, they asked me to come back and again, and read for Blake's mom. So I did. And then they said, great, we'd love to have you on the show. And that's how it happened. So were you ever like, as the OC became a huge thing, were you ever like, wow, that looks like a great show I could have been a part of? Or as an actress, no. once it doesn't work out, you know, or you're onto something else, you never look back. I so trust and I that were divinely guided and protected because I was so much more suited to play Lily than I ever would have been to do the OC. Like, it was like meant to be. <laughs> what character on the OC, the one that... It was Kelly Rowan's role, I think, because we were, we were, it was Kelly Lynch, Kelly Rowan, and myself, all Kellys reading for this mom part, or that we're going to test for this mom part. And Kelly Rowan's a good friend of mine. So I was so excited that she got it because I had gotten this other show. So I was like, oh, good. You know, she got the part and she did a great job. So another classic show. You could have been, you know, what, when you first heard about Gossip Girl and they came to you, was there like a buzz, you know, cause the books were so big. Was there a buzz around that? Like, could you tell, you know, like the OC was like a huge thing and it was like Josh Schwartz. And was it that type of buzz around? Like, you know, you, you, you never know with TV and Hollywood, but was there that type of buzz around it? Yeah, for sure. I think everyone kind of got behind it, which is nice. What yeah, attracted sure. you to like Lily? Like, what was it about? Lily. You know, she reminded me a little bit of my own mother, which I loved. Um, and I liked the idea of playing a matriarch versus just like a housewifey mom or, a, you know, sort of more traditional mom. Because my mother was anything but traditional. And even though she was very classic and classy and all of those things traditional, her values were traditional, but she wasn't traditional at all in, in her parenting or, or, um, So it was fun to, you know, and also a mother, you got to really 
I don't know. I just, I loved the way it was written. I loved that she loved fashion because I've always loved fashion. And even no matter what role I play, I always think it's so important. So the fact that they really valued that and I could contribute to that with Eric Damon and he was so creative and I love New York City and I love those women in New York City so much, you know, that you see walking down Madison Avenue looking fabulous. So those are the women that I've always loved. And so to be playing that role was so much fun. Did you do any research? Cause like you live in New York or were you just, you know, you live in New York, you kind of know what it's all about. Like the Upper East Side, like private school scene. And like you say, like the ladies who lunch. I knew, so I was just so happy to finally be able to express it, to have a place to, 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 you know, express all of that, you know, for sure. Right. Like it's how much of you is similar to Lily? You know, it's funny when we do the fittings and I'd say, okay, wait a minute, this is me. We got to make it Lily. So we'd have to like go from, okay, this is something I would totally wear and totally, and then we'd have to sort of work with it until it felt like Lily, you know, like, okay, we need to add this or add that or make it a little. So, um, but it wasn't me. I mean, it was a real mix of, of the women that I love and know and admire who are so chic and that are true matriarchs, you know, and even it, it feels like it's from another time, you know, um, you don't see it at least portrayed on television, rarely. Um, so, and, and kind of in a way that's authentic, that's not over the top, let's say, or it's believable. Um, I thought yeah. Lily was so, you know, just living in New York and knowing lots of Lilies myself and having grown up around it, it was like, this is exactly how Lily should be, you know, yeah. like it was such a, I mean, how happy were you to like be working in New York? In oh my God. I was so excited. I remember the first day my trailer was parked right in front of a, a, my favorite nail salon in New York. And I literally during lunch got what got out and got a manicure came back to my trailer. I was like, this is great. Like in, then we'd be parked in front of like La Deray or a great gallery. And I'd be like at lunch, I'd be like, all right, I'm going to go grab a sandwich and go to the gallery. I mean, it was just so that's, what's great about New York is, you know, you're not like on in a studio. I mean, we were in silver cup, but on the days that we were on location, you could literally run your errands at lunch and, you know, in New York was such like the extra character in that show, like those scenes. For like sure. Just- what about, you know, cause then all the kids, as you say, like they were all unknowns. Like, could you tell like right from the beginning, you know, like Layton and Blake and like Penn, like this is, we have magic here. Like this is a talented group of people. Oh yeah. They were all so magical, all of them and all so talented and did such a incredible job with their roles. What about like, what was it like? Cause you had, you know, you had plenty of scenes with Blake Lively. Like, what was it like working with Blake? She's just so magical and like cool. She's like the cool girl, you know, you just, I don't know. She just has such a way about her. She's so inspiring because she's really fearless, not afraid of anyone and very open. I think she, she comes from a big family and, you know, a lot of older sisters. So I think she sort of um, was used to that person, you know, having that personality of, of getting in the room and really being able to, to be seen and heard and, She's um, just, yeah, just such a cool person. Did you kind of have that mother-daughter relationship on set? I need to tell you guys about an amazing new service I found called FrameBridge. FrameBridge makes it super easy and affordable to frame your favorite things from art prints and posters to travel photos sitting on your phone. Mother's Day is right around the corner. And listen, Mother's Day is not just for moms. It's for moms and grandmas, sisters, for all the women in your life. Now listen, don't tell my family, but they're getting gifts from FrameBridge. That's it. It's so easy. So this is what I did. I took pictures of me and all the women in my life, in my family, and I went to framebridge.com and I uploaded the photo that I wanted to use. I previewed my item online in the dozens of frame styles and gallery wall layouts. So you literally like take your photo and then you see it in the different frames. Get started today. Frame your photos and send someone the perfect gift. Go to framebridge.com and use promo code VELVET to save an additional 15% off your first order. Just go to framebridge.com promo code velvet. Framebridge.com promo code velvet.
This episode is sponsored by Skillshare. Skillshare is the world's largest online community for creativity. Members around the world turn to Skillshare for discovering inspiration, learning new skills, and putting their talents to work in ways that they care about. When I first turned to Skillshare, I wanted to take a class on entrepreneurship, but man, I got lost in the rabbit hole of Skillshare in a really good way. They have so many classes to choose from, and it's such a nurturing, fostering community of creativity. The best class that I just took was productivity for creatives. There are freaking not enough hours in the day and I am always trying to find better ways to be creative. I didn't think it was possible, but this class really helped me. And they cover so many categories, illustration, graphic design, photography, lifestyle, productivity, my personal favorite, marketing, music, entrepreneurship. Need I go on? Explore your creativity at Skillshare.com slash velvet and get a one month free trial. That's one month free at Skillshare.com slash velvet. We did, you know, I, you know, I was a new mom myself. I mean, I was literally breastfeeding in my trail, you know, when I wasn't in the beginning, my son was six months, you know, old or something. And so it was a lot being a brand new mom myself and then playing the mom on the show. So I didn't, you know, we didn't all become like chummy friends in a way, which we probably might normally have become more that way had I not I just didn't have the bandwidth. So there it would, but it worked out great because there was this sort of separateness that allowed that relationship. I don't know if I'm articulating that well, but it created enough distance where it was, it worked to be the parent in that way. That makes sense. And that is kind of the relationship like Serena and Lily had love, but you know, they had their differences at times. Yeah. 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 So that, what was the best thing about your Gossip Girl experience? I think being in New York City, playing the kind of mom that I had seen represented on television. Um, and the fact that sort of the parents on the show had a great storyline, that they weren't perfect, that they were still figuring it out too. Um, while they were parenting and while they were doing whatever. So, and just getting to work with really talented people, the hair and makeup people were beyond talented and the costume people and the writers and just to have it be so cohesive and then actually to have the network behind it and have it be a huge success was just, you know, I loved going to work every day. Loved it. What about, you know, all the kids, as you say, were like mobbed eventually. I mean, it was filmed on location in New York. Like I remember seeing pictures, you know, like eventually everyone became a superstar. Like did that trickle up, you know, the fandom for Gossip Girl and Melrose, but for Gossip Girl was so huge. Like did that trickle up to you and the adults where you like were mobbed wherever you went to? Yeah, I think in a different way. I mean, I usually had a stroller with me or like was carrying like a kid. (laughs) It was different. So people approached differently and it was definitely like moms and daughters. They would just be like, oh, hi, you know. Um, Yeah, it was it was different than the young kids. But yeah, for sure. It was it was nice. Matthew and I got a lot of that when we would go out together. When you get approached, I mean, you have all these other things that you were, you mentioned that you were into and you get approached in real life just between Melrose and Gossip Girl. Is it just, is it like West Coast, East Coast? Is it based on someone's age? Like, what do people want to talk about the most? It's, it's usually like young people, you know, or the next generation, which has been such an incredible thing is you have the generation that watched it while it was on the air and airing, you know, in real time. And then you have like, the younger sisters and then their younger sisters and their younger brothers who sort of discovered it and are still discovering it. So it's just such a unique thing. Um, but it's usually like mothers and daughters, young girls, you know. And do people usually want to talk about, is it mostly Melrose or is it mostly Gossip Girl? It's mostly just- Gossip Girl. A lot of the moms know the, the Melrose, but it's, it's mostly Gossip Girl. I remember yeah. when I met Darren Starr once, I mean, I was like, love younger, love sex in the city, love it all. But like, I'd like to talk about Gossip Girl. And he was like, I mean, I, I was, I'd like to talk about Melrose. And he was like, you don't want to talk about sex in the city. I'm like, I don't want to <laughs> talk about Melrose. And he was like, <gasps> so shocked because like, it was the height of sex in the city. And I was like, it's a great show, but I'd like to just talk about Melrose. I'm sorry. Yeah. And he just couldn't was... believe someone really was like that hardcore for Melrose. 
Yeah, it was a beautiful show. I think it had a lot of heart, you know? Where do you think Megan Lewis is today? I mean, she ended with Ryan Mc, with Ryan McBride. Like, where would Megan be today? Do you ever imagine that? I have no idea. I have no idea where Megan would be right now. I just, I loved that character. And I kind of, I don't know, I haven't really revisited it. I've been like kind of busy with other stuff, but I love doing it. You know, I don't know where she'd be today. Do you get into, you know, like they had the Melrose reboot way back in the day on the CW. Like now they have the Gossip Girl. Do you, I assume, because you don't watch TV, you don't want, you didn't watch that (laughs) and you don't watch the Gossip Girl reboot. (gasps) When you hear about something like that though, I mean, as an actress, are you, I mean, you're busy, but like, are you waiting for your phone to ring? Has your phone rang? Would you entertain it if- well, I totally would, but you know, I know that they've been the way that they've done it. Like with the new one is that they, they just, they, I mean, they were sweet. They said, we're not bringing on any of the original cast. We're just going to sort of start new, but we'd love your support. And of course, you know, we're all like, great. We'd love to support it. And I think it was a cool concept that they came up with, you know, is that like the next generation? They, they reached out and said, you know, just letting you know, we're doing this and who reached out like yeah. Josh Schwartz. Yeah, I think they just somebody, I think Josh or someone sent an email just saying, hey, we're doing this. And, you know, we just would appreciate all your. So, of course, I'm just I'm excited for them, you know, like, don't take it personally that we're not asking you. We're not asking anybody. You know, I think I think you have to make that decision. You know, I mean, they could have done it like Star Wars, where a few of us came and sort of passed the torch and kind of got it going in that way. Or, you know, they do it where it's just completely a new thing for the next generation and made it sort of little different. And, you know, I think it's probably just a creative choice that they made. So it's really well done. So I had Susanna here recently who played Dorota and she brought up that there were lots of visits from Ryan Reynolds on the set of Gossip Girl or some at least. And like, were you there any of the days that Ryan was there? And what was that like when Ryan Reynolds came to set? Oh, and he's adorable. I mean, we all thought he was so cute, obviously. I mean, and between, I mean, as a couple, they're so gorgeous, you know? I was just so excited for her. Are you, you know, listen, everyone's going on, you know, out of the children, they're all working like you, which Penn is in is brilliant, but you know, like Blake has just become this, like, are you like, do you still speak to her? Like, are you like, do you keep in touch with anyone from Melrose or from Gossip Girl? Yeah. Like Marsha and I, or Lisa and I keep in touch here and there. Um, Again, everyone's kind of busy with their lives. So we don't like see each other that much, but I've gone to, you know, every one of, of Blake's premieres or screenings that I have been able to like when we were in New York I was so excited and I would see her there and give her a big hug kind of thing but I think everyone has just been so I mean she's been on location filming and da 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 da. so I would just see her kind of at the premieres or but um and Matthew and I keep in touch and Caroline Lagerfeld who played my mom keep in touch and Taylor I keep in touch a bit you know do you do you think because there was that at the end of Gossip Girl, you know, at Dan and Serena's wedding, we had Matthew, we had Lillian Rufus, you know, it was implied maybe they're going to, do you think Lillian Rufus are, are together today in this? Alternate? I think so. I think so. Or at least in a way that they still, they're very much in each other's lives. You know what I mean? I think so, for sure. They, they would always a be. a couple. No, oh, thank you. Could you tell like when, like, did Blake ever confide in you when she started dating Ryan Reynolds? Like, Hey, I think I met the love of my life. No, we didn't have, we didn't really have that relationship. I didn't get into her personal life too much. We didn't have time. I mean, we would all kind of go to the set, do our work. The kids were off doing press. I was off being a mom, you know, and doing whatever press I could. And everybody was so busy. It was like, you just, you know, you'd obviously when you're hanging out on set a little bit, chat or talk, but I mean, I never wanted to pry, you know, I was like, and all of them were out doing whatever they were doing, having a good time, but I never really, unless they offered it up, you know, wanted to get too into it with, you know. That makes sense. What about, you know, cause like you said, like when you started Gossip Girl or like in the heart of it, like you did have small children what advice would you give to, you know, like actresses starting out that are like that did just get a hit series or a movie or the career is blowing up and they have young children? Like what advice would you give them? Cause you were able to juggle it all and 
you know, make it work. Yeah. So like, yeah. You just do, you just do what's in front of you. Honestly, I don't think there is a balance or I think it's some sort of idea of balance. I think you, you focus when you're at work and you focus when you're with your kids, you know, and you get really good help and, um, you know, a good support team around you, you know, and you just focus on what's in front of you at the time, you know, and obviously as a mother, you want to make sure that your kids are happy and taken care of when you're working, you know, that makes sense so. too. And you do have all this stuff going on outside of being an actress, but I have to say dynasty, the reboot you and Grant show. I know it's like, you know, this is where my mind goes. How fun was He's being so- on dynasty for <gasps> It was so fun. And again, I love that character. It was so over the top and fun. And the storyline was so great. So, and Grant's adorable. It's good to see him. So yeah, it was really fun. Is there a part of this business like that you haven't done that you still want to do? Yeah. Well, I mean, people have been reaching out to me more to get involved in producing. So I have a couple of things going there. And then I'd love to do more action movies and more comedy. So those things I love, like I would love to do sort of the Helen Mirren part in one of these, you know, sort of fabulous James Bond movies or, you know, like I love like those kind of movies. Those are the ones I love to go see. Really? So, yeah. So I'd love to do something with that and maybe some more, you know, some sort of comedy. What do you have like a favorite action movie? I would not picture you for an action movie. I mean, I I I don't know much about action movies or superheroes or any of the above. I'll just lump it all together. But do you have like a favorite? Like I haven't seen a James Bond movie in so long. I know. What's the one with Matt Damon that was so good? It was Born Identity. I love the Born Identity, right? Because it was very international. So the Born Identity, I love. Um, you know, I loved like La Femme Nikita, that kind of movie, or um, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. All of that's really cool for me. I don't know. I love it. Huh. Kelly Rutherford action. I'm, 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 gonna, I'm gonna well, go I'm kind it. of a tomboy like in real, in real life. Like, you, you know what I mean? So a little bit. So I, I kind of have definitely have both sides to my personality. So yeah, I, I love, I like that. Mm. Yeah. I like that. Is there And I've a- done a little bit with threat threat matrix and e-ring and all of that was a little bit like that. So I've done some things like that already. What okay. about I mean, let's not forget your iconic starring part in Scream Three. <laughs> and I'm being really serious. I I'm I the Scream movies are great. They're so good. Did you enjoy doing horror and dying on camera? Oh my god. I was just happy to have that sort of first moment in this the film because it was sort of the moment everyone was doing kind and it was great and it was just fun all those things are just fun to do that first moment it's it's a hard that's a I think there's probably a line out the door for that moment I mean ever Drew Barrymore set the bar very high she did she absolutely did so maybe some more horror movies in your future oh I don't know I, I think the world is so crazy right now. It, not crazy. It's evolving in such a, a way that, you know, I don't know if we need more of that or I need to contribute more <laughs> to that genre, but I prefer to, up, you know, yeah, there's a lot of fear going around. So I don't know. Maybe we'll do. You know. Is it hard to do comedy? You know, I've heard from so many actors and actresses that like comedy, physical comedy, all of that is some of the hardest. Like, do you find that more challenging as an actress? In some ways, but comedy is so personal, right? Like I remember reading for certain sitcoms and I think, I don't think this is funny at all. Like to, it wasn't my humor. So it's really sort of, and when we, we've been looking for a, a writer for this show I'm producing now, and I sort of like, okay, who would get this type of comedy that we're trying to go for? Because there's many comedy writers and all of them are brilliant, right? But which one's going to get this tone and this type of comedy. So I think it's very, I think comedy is very much more specific than we realize. I think you know? so. I mean, look, I love a good comedy on TV. It's there's some of my favorite shows, like 30 minutes, just get and get at. It's like, they're really fun. So great. Have you ever been involved? Like, you know, you mentioned like the OC for like a movie or a TV show where like you were in the mix and now it's like a part that we all know, like, Leslie Grossman tells a story from American Horror Story that she was in the mix for like Claire Dumphy from like Modern Family. Mm. And you're like, oh my God, well, that's interesting. 
you know, were you ever in the mix for something like that where you're like, you know, where the rest of us would be like, oh my God, you almost, you know. Well, it's, it's interesting because I did, I read for Sex in the City and I did read for Desperate Housewives too. So those were two that I read for that I didn't end up doing, but had I, and I, I'm thankful though, because I think who they cast was perfect. Do you know what I mean? So in, in hindsight, and it, I wouldn't have been available to do the things that I did, which I really enjoyed doing. So you learn to sort of trust, I mean, so much in, in, in that you end up in the right place, right? I agree. And that's like another part of the business. Like, I think if you're in it long-term, you, what, what's supposed to happen happens and that's millions of people don't get parts or just other, it's all day. But yeah. what role did you read for in Desperate Housewives and what role were you, did you read for in Sex in the City? It, God, I'm trying to remember. It might've even been Marsha's role. I think it was Marsha's role in Sex in, in uh, Desperate Housewives. And then Sex in the City might've been the more conservative girl, the dark haired, I want to say it was her part, but I'm not I, sure. I could see those were the two parts that I would have thought. I think those, yeah, I'm pretty sure. You could have been Brie Vandekamp. I mean, <laughs> Vander Woodson, Vanderkamp, whatever. It's like I could see this, and I could see you in Sex in the City as the Kristen Davis, as the Charlotte. Yeah. Makes yeah. total sense to me. If you could work with like any actor or actress, like in any capacity, like movies, plays, TV, like whatever the like, is there who would you love to work with in this business? If like just the sky were the limit and the project were right. Um, like I would love to work with some of these interesting, like Catherine Deneuve would be fun to work with or um, Isabel Hubert. I like some of these European actors a lot or um, like Luc Besson, I think because he does that action thing so well and Jean Reno. Um, but I, you know, there's just so many, gosh, I don't even know where I'd begin. Honestly, James Bond, whoever plays the next James Bond, I want to work with. <laughs> Let's just put that out into the world that you're going to be in the next James Bond movie. Okay, thank you. Living in New York City, at least part of the time, what are your favorite, like what's some of your favorite restaurants or places in New York from one New Yorker to the next? I love Bill Bouquet uptown. I love La Durée for like tea or a little thing. I love their garden in Soho. Um, there's a wow. great place called what you love I was going to say, well, Le Biblioquet is one of my go-tos, like that whole area. But Lauderay is, to me, one of the most, like, just that space. Like, if you were ever going to have an event, I think it's, like, it's amazing what they did in the Soho. So line. beautiful. And then there's a great place called Neil's Diner on the Upper East Side. Like, I think it's, like, Lexington or 3rd and, like, 71st or around there. But it's Neil's Diner. Oh, my God, they have the best chicken soup and... It's so good. It's so funny. So I've lived my whole adult life downtown. Like, I mean, I can't even believe I'm saying this, but like, so I've been in like the West Village, but I am looking and I'm moving and I'm going to buy something up to like, I'm moving to the Upper East Side. And if you, I can't really say those words too easily. Cause like just the concept, I'm such a downtown, but the bottom line is like, I love that area and that's where all my friends are and that's where I spend all my time I'm like if you told me I would say this like when I was 24 I would have told you you were literally insane I know and you've got Central Park and all the museums it's just your look you're you know you change you grow up you you know what becomes sort of it's fun to go downtown to dinner or go to fun things and then come back to the quiet Upper East Side and and like, yeah. I had this epiphany, like in a way it is the real New York. Like if you're, when you think of New York, it is like that Midtown up or East side is what, like, it's what I grew up knowing. It's like, I'm like, wow, I just, I don't know, like a light bulb went on and like, I'm literally, yeah. so I get it. Libby Bouquet is amazing. So when you were on Gossip Girl, speaking of Housewives, Tinsley Mortimer starred on what well, she was in three. Were you, did you work with her at all? Like, do you have scenes with Tinsley? I don't know if we had a scene, but I used to see her at events all the time, you know? So I just knew her socially from, you know, events and things. That's why Gossip Girl was so great because like she was the it girl, like Cindy Lauper was on there. She lives on the Upper West Side. Like that's what was great about Gossip Girl is they brought people on as themselves, which yep. made the authenticity of it so much better. I agree. 
what have you ever had a project where, you know, like you said, Melrose was lightning in a bottle, Gossip Girl, you loved both jobs. They were both huge hits. You know, have you ever had a project where you're like, I know that this is not great, either a TV show or a movie, you know, just like as an actress, like, could you tell? I mean, you're signed on. And then how do you handle that? Gosh, I'm trying to think. Um, Because it happens to everyone, right? Yeah. She's very cute, or he's very cute, by the way. Twamley, come here, my love. Come here. Come on, my love. We love all. We've had many a dog and a cat on this very podcast. So we we welcome. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Like I, we, I mean, there's a lot of pilots that you do that you think, I don't know if this is going to get picked up. Like there's been those, but then you're always surprised. Right. So, I mean, I think you just do it and you, and then there are other things you think are great that you think would go. Why wouldn't they go forever? They're so good. But a lot of it becomes about like, who's now running the studio. You do the pilot and then there's a new studio person that comes in and they're like, okay, we want to redo everything. And you're like, okay, well, so it has really not so much. I, I, very rarely had an experience where I thought the show was not good enough to be picked up per se, but I, you kind of knew the, the politics around it that might have been definitely having an impact on whether it would get picked up or not. It's a business, right? Like, I think that's what a lot of people outside of the business don't realize. You're like, there's a business yeah. politics and just it's work. I mean, it's great. We all mm-hmm. love it, but it's work. Right. And just there's so exactly. much. Exactly. Did you, when you were on Gossip Girl, did you as the cast or you in general, did you sit around and try to figure out who Gossip Girl was like the rest of the world? I don't think we had time to even think about who Gossip Girl was. I think we had an idea. And I think towards the end, especially, we were like, okay, who are they going to say Gossip Girl is? Like, but I don't think any of us knew, or at least I didn't. I don't were know you shocked to find out it was Dan? I kind of was. I think it was good. It was kind of, when they said it, it was kind of obvious, but I wouldn't have gone there first. I agree. I'm like, of course, this is so obvious, but in not in a million years, would I have thought that. Yeah. Did, which, did you, did you ever think it was Lily? Sorry to cut you off. No, I didn't think it was Lily. I thought it might've been Jenny or, you know, my kid, the two, my young kid, I, but I didn't, um, I wouldn't think it would have been Lily. Well, speaking of your children on Gossip Girl, Connor, Paulo, Eric, you know, it wasn't really before it's time, but it, you dealt with it so well, like the writers and like you as a mother, like his whole like, you know, coming out story, like, you know, you're, you live in New York, like, you know, as a gay man, I can say like that story you played so well, like how great was that to be able to be a part of that storyline? Oh, it was so good. It was so good. And he did such a beautiful job too, which made my job easy, you know? He's such a wonderful actor. Really. He is. He was in Revenge on ABC, like a little later, which was also a great show. Yeah. So you don't watch TV. I watch way too much TV. <laughs> I watch way too much TV. What about, do you have any interest in like doing stage work in New York, like Broadway, like at this point in your career? You know, I've never had a real interest and I don't know why it's just not been, or maybe I just didn't get sort of into it young enough that I was like, you know, so many of my friends that have done it, they're like, oh my God, I only want, if I could just only do theater, I'd be so happy. So I think I just never got that thing where I did enough of it to where I was just, I have to go do this. Um, And I just, I guess I have other things. I don't know. I like go to work and then I have my life. Do you know what I mean? So I think I'm not, it, it, I don't know. If, if something great was offered, I would totally do it. Do you have you know. any current projects you're working on now from like an acting point of view? We, I, I have it not at the moment because we've been in this sort of weird COVID time. So I, it's been a little bit slower, you know what I mean? In terms of projects, but you know, I came out kind of right before this and was taking meetings for series and then everything got put on hold. So in that time, I've been developing these other things, the the shopping thing and the app and, you know, a few projects in terms of producing that I'd like to act in as well. How do how much do you love the producing side of things? It's new, you know, it's really fun. I mean, you realize 
how challenging it is in some ways and in other ways, how creative it is and, and how fun it is. So it's really almost like connecting the dots and sort of how do you connect all these different dots to stack the deck so it makes sense, you know, to, to do it. But I definitely have a lot more admiration for all the people that have been able to create a Melrose place or create a gossip girl or create a show that is phenomenal because it is, um, it is an alchemy, you know, to come up with like, I mean, I would think doing the producing would be challenging, but so interesting as well. Cause like, it's so creative, like you said, but hard, like, does it give you a different perspective on like, yourself as an actress or like the people that are the actors and actresses, you know, kind of stepping into that role with these new projects. It does, but I think it's something that's always been a part of my personality. So it's not like, I mean, I think there are actors that I could see just really focusing on acting and having no interest in producing, you know, or, and a lot of people have said, you know, you should direct or do you want to direct? And I think producing makes the most sense for me, even more than directing or even though I think I would, enjoy directing or I, I might, you know, um, and it's just sort of happening naturally. So I'm just going with what's naturally working and flowing too. And, and I think also it's just being a storyteller and there's stories that I would love to see told. And I think that's part of it is just, you know, when things come to you and you think, oh, this is a story I think would be beautifully told, or I would like to be in, it becomes, you know, it's different than just saying, I want to produce something you have in it, you know, you have a real creative. Absolutely. Reason for doing it. Yeah. Well, you know, we have the gossip roll reboot on the air now, and we had another reincarnation of 90210 two years ago, even though there was the CW. So just because so there was a CW Melrose, perhaps as a producer, you might want to do a different version of Melrose. Perhaps you would like to be a producer on that and get a couple people back together. Didn't they do a reboot of Melrose though? They no? did it. They did it the same way 90210 did it on the CW, but then like 90210 just did it with all like the original people and like they played heightened versions ah. of themselves. So it was like the way they did it would be like you would be playing Kelly Rutherford playing Megan Lewis Mancini. Right, so- right. Well, I I would partner with someone to do that. I don't know if I'd put my full focus in there, but if somebody was interested in doing that, let's say at the studio, I would definitely get behind it in any way I could for sure. It was such good. Maybe you should call Marsha Cross and you guys can like be I know. Marsha's wonderful. I'm just trying to give you, you know, some things. And Marsha was just in you with Penn Bagley on Netflix. She had like a small role in it. Just do you like the business stuff you're doing, the non-acting? Like, you know, I know so many actors and actresses that do have these like, you know, apps and projects. And they're just like, this is a whole new world. And I love it. Like, is that a whole new side of yourself you're discovering? It totally is. And it's fun because, you know, you just don't know what you can do until you do it and you figure it out as you go. And then you learn sort of what things that you have to offer that are actually great that you didn't know you had to offer. And then you find things that you go, Oh my God, I have no idea how to do this. And you're learning and, I think the idea is just to keep learning and expanding and being creative in whatever form that takes. So these are just sort of new forms to be creative and express. And, and, um, you know, I've always loved like emerging brands and, and the idea of shopping the show and being able to, I mean, I remember we were doing gossip girl thinking we should be able to shop this. Why aren't we able to shop this show? And they're finally doing it. And it's sort of like an exciting thing to be a part of, that because it was something I had thought however many years ago (laughs) I was like I should be able to do this and of course I was like a mom and acting and busy I wouldn't have had time to even think about developing or helping move that along but now more and more people are doing it and it's it's definitely good to see so to be a part of it is nice I mean it makes so much sense right because like you watch something and you see, especially like a show like Gossip Girl or like a Sex in the City where it's all about the fashion, not all about, you know, and you're like, people want to buy this now. So yeah, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, it's the future. As we wrap up, if you had to look back at like the beginning of your career, like what advice would you give to yourself, your young self before you started on Generations way back in the day? 
like, what would you like advice would you give to yourself? Just that we're not limited as we think we are. I think we're really multidimensional beings. I think we're really capable of doing so much more than we know and to, you know, not get caught up in the labels of things, whether you're an actor, you're a creative person and that, that can be expressed through so many different avenues. So, um, and again, the industry and the business and the world has changed so much since I started. So, I mean, obviously my advice would be from this perspective. And back then when I started, a lot of these things weren't even happening. You know, now you have like people, you know, cross branding and everything, you know, you have actors designing, you have musicians creating brands, you have, you know, there's just a different world than when I first started. So there's a, a bigger, broader opportunity base, but I would just say, do what you love and enjoy it. Just enjoy it. I think that's the key. And that's it. Just enjoy the process and keep being creative. Keep finding new ways to be creative. Really. Like you get to do what you love. Yeah. I mean, right? I feel like at least I've always done what I love for better or worse. And you just keep evolving. You know, that's the whole point, right? Just to keep evolving. And I think a lot of people, you know, just keep exploring different things that you're interested in. I love it. Is there anything else you want to discuss? I mean, you know, I came here with my own agendas of wanting to talk about Melrose Place and Gossip Girl and your whole career, but being a huge fan of both shows, I have to say, I appreciate you doing this. I don't say that to everyone, but I really, you were on two of my absolute favorite TV shows of all time. And I know you're not either of those characters, which I imagine sometimes in real life, people come up to you and might forget that you're not Lily, right? Yeah. But- I appreciate, you know, you doing this because you didn't have to. So I want to thank you. Oh, my God. This one was personal for me is what I'm saying. Well, I just so appreciate you asking me to. And that's so kind of you to say. And I feel honored to be on your show. And I think you're really, really good at what you do. I've done a few of these. And you're really, really good at what you do. And you have such beautiful energy. And um, I'm just really thankful you asked me to do it. I really loved this conversation so much. Well, thank you for saying that because you didn't have to. So that means a lot. And anytime you have something to promote or you want to come back, the door is wide open for you. No, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. So thank you. Everyone needs to follow you. Where can people find you on Instagram? Just at Kelly Rutherford. That's easy. And that links to everything. So yeah. yeah. Thank you again. Keep in touch. Thank, and thank you. Much love. Good much luck love with everything. to you too. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind the Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.